If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. And that was really an opportunity. I finally gave myself permission to experience life without alcohol. And I fell in love. You know, I had been drinking every weekend ever since I was 18. I didn't even know what my natural like adult body felt like without alcohol. And it was amazing. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I never thought I would be saying this, but I have been alcohol free for 255 days and counting. And for me, my journey with alcohol has been kind of an experiment. A lot of it was centered around this desire to feel energized and vibrant. And in a season where I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and chasing after two kids and running a business, it really was this way to just optimize the way that I wanted to feel. But let me be honest, this experiment has lasted way longer than I first planned. You know, when I decided to eliminate alcohol, it was something that I had been thinking about for a long time and I just hadn't leaned into. There was always a trip on the calendar or an environment I was going to be in where I knew drinking would be a thing. And I had a lot of excuses and I share about it inside of this episode, but I kind of had this one event where I was like, all right, enough is enough. I've been leaning into this idea. Let's just go for it. And I'm definitely not at a place where I'll say I'm never going to drink again. I actually have no deadline or thought process around that, except for just evaluating that I actually feel just really good right now. I don't have a desire to drink because I know what good feels like and I don't want to do anything that will sacrifice that feeling in my life. And today I'm going to be interviewing an amazing woman named Carolina Zadkowolska. And during this interview, I actually had this like core memory come back to me, something that I actually haven't thought about in a long time. 
when I first went to college, I went to college and I had very little experience with alcohol. I ended up going to one of the biggest party schools in the country. And I was on the swim team, which was notoriously known for drinking. At one point, our swim coach said, are you a swimming team with a drinking problem or a drinking team with a swimming problem? In my first semester as a freshman, I drank a lot. A lot of my new friendships were around drinking. I had a lot of unhealthy habits and I kind of went off the deep end. And I had a few experiences towards the end of that first semester that really had me questioning if I needed alcohol and what was the role that it was going to play in my life. And I made a decision that I was going to eliminate alcohol. And I remember just the utter conviction in myself, even as an 18-year-old. And I went an entire year of college without having a sip of alcohol. I remembered how to have fun without it again. And I remembered who I was without it and that I hadn't needed it up until this point. And so what had changed? And it was a really big time in my life. It was the time in my life where I actually met Drew. My faith journey was deeply impacted by it. My friendships were deeply impacted by this choice. And so it's really fascinating to me that now at age 35, I'm going through a very similar experience. That half of my life ago, I experienced something very parallel to what I'm experiencing now in a totally different context and with very different reasons. And so I want to invite you to just listen to this conversation with Carolina with an open mind. Carolina's passion is helping women discover what really makes them happy outside of a beverage. She's an alcohol-free empowerment expert who helps women ditch alcohol and discover their greater purpose unleashing a new level of health and happiness and potential to go after their biggest dreams. In this conversation, Carolina is sharing what happens when you take a break from alcohol. She'll share how going alcohol-free can help lead to greater results in your business and even lead you to discover your greater purpose. If you have ever considered going alcohol-free, or even if you haven't, this episode will get you thinking about the idea in an entirely new way. All right. Enough about this. Let's dive on into the conversation. Let me introduce you to a podcast you're going to love. It's called The Shine Online, and it's hosted by a former Gold Digger guest, Natasha Samuel, and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Natasha interviews the brightest entrepreneurs to bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions about the mental health and lifestyle aspect of entrepreneurship, and actionable strategies and success stories of those who have mastered the art of shining online. Natasha just covered this topic I think you'd love to hear about. She talks about when you're ready to hire a social media manager and when you're not, because hiring a social media manager isn't going to fix your social media problem if you're not ready and willing to show up and do the work too. Listen to The Shine Online wherever you get your podcasts. Carolina, I am absolutely thrilled to have you on the Gold Digger podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan. Well, I am so excited for this conversation. And this is actually a topic that has been really big in my own personal life. And so when I saw the type of content you put out and your story, I was like, this is the perfect person to talk about this with. So First, can you kind of talk to me about your career? Like, how did it evolve into becoming this expert voice for an alcohol free movement? Give me the scoop. 
Absolutely. And, you know, alcohol is kind of a taboo topic in our society, at least traditionally, historically, it really has been. And it's really been relegated into this paradigm of either you have a problem with it or you don't have a problem with it. And if you don't have a problem with it, it's weaved into all of our cultural institutions and socializing and just a fabric of our lives. And, you know, to talk about not drinking would then denote that you must have some kind of issue or something's wrong with you. And I think all of that is changing. So much is changing right now where we're recognizing, actually, there's not really a safe amount of alcohol to drink. It's kind of problematic for everybody. More and more people are admitting that, you know, alcohol is not really serving them and that they wish that they drank less. And now there's also so many more options about going alcohol free or drinking different kinds of beverages. So my role is to help people use their own intuition to decide what role they want alcohol to play in their life. To not be swept up with what society is doing or what we've been taught to do when socializing comes up, but really what is serving them, their health goals, their business goals, their soul, their mind, and really tap into that intuition to make changes and kind of get freedom from all of the false assumptions or beliefs that they put on alcohol a long time ago. So I'm really passionate about this topic. I've studied a lot. I've written a book about it. I've helped thousands of clients with it. And I really think it's the bravest people in our society who are just willing to look at something that everybody does and just ask themselves, wait a minute, is this serving me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so powerful. And you're so right about that. One thing that is super interesting to me is that I saw this like meme. You probably would know it better than I would, but it was like not drinking alcohol is like the one time in your life where you have to like explain yourself of like why you're not choosing something in that way. And I was like, it is so fascinating that you feel like you almost have to give like a disclaimer or an explanation as to why you are choosing to drink or not to drink. And I thought it was really fascinating. Absolutely. I mean, it's like the only drug you have to defend not taking. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I have, I mean, I love to go personal. It's no surprise. I love to go deep with people. I'm very curious. Are you open to sharing about your personal relationship with alcohol? Absolutely. You know, so we'll, we'll go back, but we'll be quick about it. So I started drinking when a lot of people do. And, you know, I, I kind of see it as a lot of people have this rite of passage with alcohol. At one point in your life, you're an adolescent and a teenager and you don't drink. And then you have this experience where it's like the code of adulthood or the code of belonging or how you prove that you're independent or rebellious. And so I started drinking in my senior year of high school. And then in college, I really started drinking there. And I went to like a party school, you know, so it was so normal to have go out almost almost literally every night. I drank way too much in college. And in grad school, I had no healthy boundaries around it. I also didn't really learn other healthy coping mechanism tools. So it wasn't just parties. Like it's how I dealt with breakups. It's just how I coped with everything. And it was really the most I ever drank in my life. And what happened is I, as I got older into my mid to late 20s, I started to settle down. You know, I got married. I started my career. I bought a house. You know, I just started becoming an adult. And so instead of going to the bar until like 2 a.m. on a random Tuesday night, what I did is I pushed all my drinking into the weekend. And so I started to get really into health and mindfulness. And Monday through Thursday, I lived quite a healthy lifestyle. I would go to yoga class. I would drink my green juice. I would eat fruits and vegetables and meditate. And then every single weekend, like clockwork, alcohol played a huge role. I'd go out with friends for a sushi night or a game night or a brewery thing or just have some wine at home watching Netflix. It didn't matter what, 
every weekend, alcohol played a role. And by Monday morning, I woke up every single Monday feeling like a shell of myself. I felt groggy. I felt exhausted. But even worse was the emotional low. Like I literally felt just so depressed, so ashamed, so regretful, so behind. Like I made so much progress in my healthy lifestyle. And then it was like I just took five steps backwards. And I lived in this cycle for years, years. Like it was maddening. I always wanted to drink less, minimize alcohol, have it place a smaller part in my life. And even though technically I started drinking less year after year, I actually did. Like it took up so much headspace. It was always this mental gymnastics. Like, should I drink tonight? Should I not? Okay, but I was invited out with my friends. Okay, but you have that presentation tomorrow morning. So you don't want to like stay up too late. Okay, just have one drink. Okay, but you never have one drink. Like it was this monkey mind going overdrive crazy, right? And I really wanted to take a break from alcohol for a long time. But every single time I looked at my social calendar, there was a wedding, there was a dinner night, there was something that just prevented me. And it was actually dry January. I heard about it and I did it for the first time in 2018. And that to me was like this magical excuse. Like I didn't have to go around and explain to people that I had some massive problem with alcohol or put on a label or start going to meetings. I could just safely take a break and say it's for dry January. And that was really an opportunity. I finally gave myself permission to experience life without alcohol. And I fell in love. You know, I had been drinking every weekend ever since I was 18. I didn't even know what my natural like adult body felt like without alcohol. And it was amazing. My sleep improved. My energy levels in the morning got better. And I really noticed my mood elevating. I had more gratitude and appreciation and awe for nature. The thing was, though, February comes around and I'm not yet that convinced that I'm allowed to be a non-drinker. You know, in my mind, I have this belief that normal adults drink. So if I want to be a normal adult, I must drink. So I drank a few times that February and it sucked. Like even two drinks would just completely ruin my sleep. And I really noticed how elevated my mood was in January and just one or two drinks in after that initial like 20 minute buzz wears off, I got cranky and frustrated and tired and even started picking little fights with my husband. And so it was really at that moment that I had this awakening that alcohol was not this like fun, magical elixir I thought it was. And I decided to take another break at that point in February. And I've been going ever since. My life has evolved in so many beautiful ways. My health improved. And really fundamentally, I recognized I was essentially drinking because I was unfulfilled with my life. And I've completely changed my life to bring that fulfillment and meaning into my everyday. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. And I love that dry January was kind of like that excuse. I do think it is so interesting because so I have been sober, have not had a drop of alcohol for eight months. Congratulations. It wasn't anything I planned. I definitely did not have a problem with alcohol. Like you said, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, people must assume there was something going on. We very seldom drank, but I got to the point where I actually felt what healthy felt like and I didn't want to feel anything different. And so I was having all of these urges of like, I think I want to give it up. I think I want to give it up. And then I went on a trip. It was a work trip, but I brought one of my best friends with me. We went out to this amazing sushi dinner. We got spicy margaritas. And then her husband sent a bottle of champagne to our table 
and mixing the tequila and the champagne. That was it. I was done. The next day I was like, I'm done drinking and I haven't drank since. And it's been really interesting because I've put myself and been in situations kind of like what you said, where social calendars, I've been in scenarios with friends that I used to always drink with. I've gone on vacations. I've been in Mexico, like all of these places where I naturally would have drank. And it's not a big deal at all. It's literally not a big deal. And it's been so awesome too with my friends where I just say like, hey, I'm not really drinking right now. I just feel so much better without it. And the conversation is done. And I think most adults aren't really into peer pressure these days. And so it's been really interesting because when I share that with other people, they're like, oh, I really want to do that. But like, I don't know, or I have that trip coming up. And it's like, it's really not that hard. And you feel so much better. At least I do. That's so amazing. And I love just the ripple effects you're creating too, by sharing about it and, you know, just having that confidence around it, even when you share it with people, like it changes their worldview and gives them permission to start exploring too. Well, that's exactly what you do. And it's been amazing too. Like we've even had conversations like with my entire family. Like we talked about the culture of drinking when we were raised and my parents had like one liquor cabinet way up at the top that they never touched. And we only saw my parents drink in social settings, but We also have family members who drink every single day and have problems with alcoholism. And so it's been interesting having that dialogue around the conversation that I think has been just spurred by sobriety. And I love, that's why I love what you do is because you talk about this. So can you share a little bit more of like the pushback that you often hear? Because I do think that more women desire going alcohol free, but I think that there are a lot of natural objections to that. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the biggest objections come down to the social aspect. Like, what am I going to say? How am I even going to enjoy myself when I'm out? And a lot of times, too, I hear that drinking is something that is shared amongst partners. And so it's like, if the woman wants to change or or whoever wants to change first, they often have a really big fear that it's going to tear apart their relationship or somehow create a rift. Another thing that often just is really inherent with alcohol is when you're looking at it and looking at anyone who wants to change, you know, like you maybe drink a little less, but people are all on the spectrum. And I think that there's just this, like this idea of either it's black or it's white. And it really is these like multiple shades of gray. And when you look at just consumption levels across the United States, for example, most people who are drinking are over drinking, like above the health guidelines. So everyone that drinks like almost 60%, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people are in that gray area. So it's just really gets murky. And it's also hard because like Canada, for example, just lowered their drinking guidelines. They just are now to two drinks a week, you know? And for some people, two drinks a week is like, what? Like that that makes me feel like the healthiest person alive. You know what I mean? Like we were told that the drinking guidelines were much higher back in the day. So I think it's also really good to recognize that when it comes to alcohol and if it's something that just plays a role in your life, it's probably not something you've done once or twice. It's not something you've even done a dozen times. It's something you've repeated hundreds, if not thousands of times. And I think that we don't recognize the power of habit that way, the power of like these grooves that get formed in the brain that just have this automatic response of wanting alcohol aside from addiction. Like it's literally the power of just repetition and exposure of like, I'm in this scenario and my brain says it wants a drink because it's been given that over and over and over again. So a lot of people are, are dealing with that, obviously. And also that social conditioning aspect where it's just such a given 
that one drinks socially and we have beliefs around it. You know, I think that when you look at alcohol, essentially we're talking about a toxic fermented beverage in a glass. Like that's all alcohol really is. Mm -hmm. But we've added so much meaning and associations to it in our society. We've made it mean something bigger than it really is. We've made it mean that it makes you feel sophisticated, for example, or glamorous, or that you're part of a tribe, or that you belong, or have a sense of camaraderie, or that it helps you relax. And I really love to just help women determine what are these beliefs that they attached to alcohol or that society attached for them that we can kind of debunk and tear away so that we're not left with any illusion. Because anyone who's drinking, even if they don't want to be drinking or they want to be drinking less, somewhere deep down, they still believe that alcohol offers some benefit, some comfort or some pleasure. So how can we kind of go deep within that and change that subconscious level of desire? So those are like a lot of things I just talked about, obviously, that come into a relationship. But I think the biggest objections that keep people stuck before they even get started is the social aspect or the partnership. AI is such a hot topic right now, but how can you really use it in your business in a way that moves the needle? What if AI could take over tedious tasks like pulling reports, rewriting blog posts, and trying to personalize countless prospecting emails? Well, introducing HubSpot's newest AI tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot. Content Assistant uses the power of OpenAI's GPT-3 model to help you create content outlines, outreach emails, and even web page copy in just seconds. And in case that wasn't enough, they created ChatSpot, a conversational growth assistant that connects to your HubSpot CRM for unbeatable support. With chat-based commands, you can manage contacts, run reports, and even ask for status updates. The easy-to-use CRM just got even easier. Head to HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence to get early access today. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. I agree with that. And it's, you know, it's also interesting to being a woman in her maternal years that people automatically assume you're pregnant if you're not drinking, right? Um, which is really interesting because I feel like you have to add in all these different disclaimers or explanations. And I found that 
I don't do that anymore. I don't add in people can think what they want to think, but I'm just choosing it for myself. And I also feel like a lot of times when someone is choosing to not drink, the people drinking feel guilty, which may be an indicator. Can you talk about like that subconscious thing? Because I loved what you were talking about, kind of unpacking some of those things. And I feel like when somebody is making a decision and that decision makes other people feel guilt, there might be something more there to unpack. Absolutely. And I think it's so cool how you mentioned, you know, when you were telling people about this, especially socially, you were really leading with the positive. And that's how I instruct my clients to do it too. So instead of being like, no, I'm not drinking right now, or, you know, just something kind of like sad, like really lead with like, oh, you know, I'm taking a break and I feel amazing. Yes. Like people can't argue with that. People can't be like, oh, here, have a drink and stop feeling amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> True. You know, I love um, that. And I, I think what that does is you'll find you can have different responses from people. So some yep. people don't even care. Like they can't even, they don't even think about alcohol. It's just, it's just irrelevant. Right. Yeah. And then that's, you'll find some people are interested. They're curious. They might start asking questions. They uh, are trying to really kind of they're interested and they're trying to put you within their own mental model of if this would be helpful for them. Right. And then you'll find some people who are threatened or are cajoling you to drink or just being a little rude about it. And that is a big red flag. It has nothing to do with you at that point. They are feeling threatened about it or off about it because they might have their own insecurities about alcohol. And instead of everyone kind of just you know, co-signing the behavior and just going along with the ritual. It's like the red flag. Someone's not doing it. What does that say about me? You know, like I also don't want to feel hungover tomorrow, but you know, I've already bought into this. So like it can be really threatening in that sense. But I also think that what that ends up doing is it allows that person to start really introspecting into their relationship with alcohol. Why are they threatened by it? So for example, in a partnership, like if say the woman decides to go alcohol free or just take a break from alcohol, she might find that, you know, her partner continues to drink or just like, it's like, when are we going to go out again for drinks and stuff like that? And there's a lot of different ways to handle that. Recognizing that it probably took you years to arrive at the stage that you arrived at to be able to go on that break and that everyone's kind of on their own different journeys around it. But really essentially too, like your partner just might not have any idea of how much happier this is making you. And so I'll, I'll instruct my clients to just leave little breadcrumbs for their partners. Like, Oh my gosh, I slept so well last night or, Oh my God, I haven't laughed that hard. since like high school. I, I love this, you know, just like little breadcrumbs of how much better and happier they feel alcohol free so that their partner can really start to understand, oh, this is what makes her feel better and happier at the end of the day. Mm. And I think what often happens with both friends and partnerships is the deeper fear is that you're going to outgrow them and leave them behind. And that is a dynamic that can be present with any kind of change. You know, when you become an entrepreneur and all of your friends are still working at a corporate job, they could feel the same fear too. And so I think in this case, it's actually really good to focus back on your friends or your partner, focus on quality time with them, focus on bonding. Now, in the extreme examples where you literally have nothing in common with your partner or your friends other than drinking, you might find that it just kind of does fall away and isn't able to be repaired. But I usually find that for most people, like they have so much more that's bonding them and bringing them together than just alcohol. And there is a Mm -hmm. way to rediscover new things to do together or new ways to bond. So with my partner, for example, 
on date nights, you know, we used to go out to sushi, like drinking, wine, whatever it was. And we decided to run a half marathon together. So we started running on Friday nights. Like that was our date night. It was a run together. It was such a cool way of like spending time with him in a completely different environment. With my friends, I started going out for more coffees and even just sharing some of my my deeper vulnerabilities around alcohol. Like, you know, it really didn't make me feel good. I felt like I wasn't able to, you know, live up to my healthy lifestyle and abide by my intentions. They were all nodding their heads. It was like the elephant in the room that we never talked about before, except for like only the highlights. And now we were all finally being real with each other, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. I love that. I'm curious from like a clarity standpoint, what have you witnessed happens for your clients? Because if you think about it, a lot of people listening to this episode have businesses or side hustles or ambitions. And maybe they've never put together the correlation of alcohol and that clarity that you've talked about. Can you walk me through a little bit of that in terms of what someone might experience if they were to take a break or kind of take a step back? Absolutely. And I go over this really deeply in my book, divided into the body, the mind, and the soul. So those are all the benefits you'll get. A lot of people have some conceptual ideas about physical benefits, right? Like, okay, maybe I'll sleep better. Maybe I'll have more energy. Maybe it'll just allow me to keep up my healthy routine better. So I think a lot of people understand that. It goes so much deeper than that, though. Your stress hormone level changes. Like alcohol actually releases cortisol in our body. So we are stressed out to begin with. Then we drink alcohol and we release more stress hormones in in our body. And we go through this as a cycle over and over and over again. So when you reduce your alcohol and stop drinking, your stress hormone level goes down because cortisol is no longer being released. We also have dynorphin that's released. It's kind of a neurotransmitter that's like the opposite of endorphins, it makes you feel really low and sad. And when I woke up every Monday morning after my weekend drinking, like that wasn't me. There was nothing wrong with me. I was experiencing a chemical concoction of alcohol in my brain, right? Like all of the neurochemical effects. And so often people don't realize that that low mood, that anxiety the next day, it's all actually attributed to alcohol. And those things last. It's not just the next day that you feel those things. Those things can course through your body for weeks after alcohol. So if someone drinks every weekend, you know, even if it's just every weekend, no, no other days in between, like they're still always in that cycle. So your stress hormones go down. Your neurotransmitters that govern happiness also go up because alcohol diminishes our receptivity to dopamine our serotonin levels go down, our GABA levels go down. So, you know, physically, it's not just, you know, the energy or the sleeping better, your actual happiness levels like really go up and your stress levels go down. Now, I'm not saying that stress doesn't exist for someone who doesn't drink, but it's just like some things that used to feel like mountains start to be a little bit more like molehills and they feel like they are actually getting the emotional resiliency to handle and be more adept at solving problems because essentially alcohol is just numbing our emotions. It's numbing our feelings. It's numbing our ability to learn from those emotions and make those shifts in our lives to be more aligned with what we really want. So those are a lot of effects there. You know, I think also too, when we drink alcohol, part of us kind of knows, you know, like, like we actually wake up the next day, not feeling well, like nobody drinks alcohol and wakes up feeling like a million bucks the next day. It's just physically impossible. But somehow we've been kind of told this lie that it's so normal and you're supposed to do it all these occasions. And it's like our body can tell, right? Like you were saying at the beginning, our body can tell that something's off. 
And so I really think that like that is our intuition speaking to us and we shove it down for so long. We ignore it. We just keep on doing what everyone else is doing. So I also find that when people start to finally listen to that voice, their inner wisdom, like that really strengthens their relationship with their intuition. All of a sudden they're getting more messages like you should do this. You should write a book. You should start this business. You should do this initiative. Like they're really getting that messages. I've noticed that creativity goes up because you get so much more mental time back and energy that your brain isn't, you know, it's not like we're constantly thinking about alcohol, like we all need it or something. But just in that example I shared earlier, my mind was always in the mental gymnastics, the should I, the shouldn't I, like the criminating myself, ruminating, deciding. It took up so much space in my brain. And just imagine like, like the genius of of the world, like Albert Einstein. Imagine if like he just spent like 60% of his mental energy thinking about a beverage. Like we yeah. would never have the theory of relativity. You know, like our beautiful mental energy is meant to create amazing things in the world and not be focused on a silly beverage at the end of the day. So I really noticed creativity goes up, intuition goes up, energy and good positive mood goes up. Courage also goes up right? It takes courage to take a stand in this society and say that you're not drinking. It takes courage to order a mocktail at a restaurant or bar. It takes courage to tell your friends. And that is the same courage you're going to need to make big steps and big inroads in your business as well. You take all of this, you know, and there's the confidence too, right? Like for me, like the first three weeks without drinking, I was like, whoa, like this has been my Achilles heel for so long. And I wasn't drinking for three weeks, four weeks. I was like, who the hell is this woman? 50 days, 100 days, you know, 200 days. I was like, she is a badass, you know? And and it started to change my sense of identity. Personally, I never thought I could launch a business. I never thought I could write a book. And I never thought I could stop drinking either. And so when I like left behind alcohol and felt amazing and was just so happy it wasn't around anymore instead of feeling deprived or sad how I thought it would be, I was like, what other lies have I been telling myself? Like, why not me? Why not this next step? If I could do this, I could do anything. So I think it's what happens is this insane alchemy of these qualities of creativity and courage and, you know, just the desire to show up. I think that for me, I couldn't say this when I was drinking, but with so much hindsight and so much introspection, I always had really big dreams as a little girl. And you know, that's scary. And you get kind of thrown into adulthood and you're just told to get a job and pay the bills. And alcohol was a way that I kind of like dimmed my light and dimmed the expectations of my life. Like I always wanted to write a book and yet I wasn't, you know, and it was just so much easier to open a bottle of wine than write the next great American novel. So alcohol made it like just really easy to stay stuck, to be in my comfort zone, to not try new things. And I've just found that like, it's almost like a symbolic metaphor. When you remove alcohol, you start to play bigger in your life. You take the center stage, you go after the things that scare you. And all of those qualities I just talked about and more are there fueling you to be able to go after your dreams. And I know it sounds like maybe, you know, an outlandish statement, but not only has it happened in my life, I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again in so many of my clients' lives and so many of my friends' lives or people I know who ditch alcohol. Like their biggest dreams really manifest as they go through that process. It's it's just insane. I've known people who have launched businesses or grown to seven figures 
I've known someone who quit her job and moved to France because she always wanted to. I have clients who buy like second houses or get promotions or start a nonprofit in their local community. It's just you become this action taking badass. And I'm just that's what I'm so excited about. It's not really the alcohol I care about. I don't care what people drink at the end of the day. It's making space for your bigger dreams. It's really allowing yourself to even discover what do I want? Like how many people in our society have no idea what they want? And alcohol kind of tricks us into thinking it's fun and pleasurable. It almost doesn't allow us to really know what brings us joy, what really makes us happy, what we really want out of the world. And I think just people have this such a beautiful self-discovery process as they're going on this journey. They start to recognize what they really want, what their emotions are telling them, what's unaligned or, you know, aligned in their life. And they start taking big, bold moves to shift and really live that dream life. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activations several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm, I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I also think too, it's, it's really interesting. One, the older you get, the less you recover from drinking. <laughs> and two, when you become a parent, your children still wake up at 6am the day after. So regardless of what you're choosing, I often would joke that like parents need babysitters the morning after they drink, not the night they're drinking, because children will still be there when you wake up. And it all just hits very differently. But it is fascinating because as you were speaking, a question that I've asked myself a lot over the last year is what would the best version of me choose right now? And that question has morphed into, you know, what would the healthiest version of me choose? Or what would the happiest version of me choose? And I think that it's really powerful. Like you said, if you're feeling these inclinations, or if you're feeling this desire which I know a lot of people are because the more that I talk about my own journey, the more people say that that's something they've thought about or they've been wondering about or they've been curious about or they've been trying. It does kind of step you inside of your own knowing and trusting that knowing in a really deep way, even if it's just something that you set aside temporarily or experiment with. I think it's really powerful. Absolutely. I mean, it really is being hyper intuitive to your own body, to your own wisdom, to your inner guide, to just listen and to, you know, face all the fears that might come with it and go for it anyway. And really kind of strip away things that might have become outdated habits, you know, or outdated identities. Like, I love the way Tony Robbins sometimes explains identity, because it's like, what is our identity? And what version of us decided that identity? Is it the 18-year-old version of us? And we're supposed to carry that identity for the rest of our lives? Well, I mean, that's a lot of times when we picked up drinking is in our 20s or so. And we just wear that. We wear that for the rest of our lives without ever questioning it. You know, we're allowed to evolve. We're allowed to let go of things that no longer serve us. We're allowed to align our lives to our deeper values and to our bigger dreams. And when you value things like health or mindfulness or consciousness or presence, like alcohol just doesn't fit in that picture. And it's going to feel like an incongruency, which will not feel good for people. It doesn't matter how much you drink. I like to say, like, I don't care if you drink 10 drinks a day or one drink a week. If it's not aligned with your deeper values and your bigger dreams, it's going to feel off. And you're allowed to explore that. Like, I'm not saying everyone has to quit drinking, but you have the permission to just lean into that a little bit, maybe take a break, maybe read a book, maybe listen to another podcast, just, you know, where did you get all these beliefs that one must drink in their life? And what does that mean to you? And how can you kind of unpack that? Yeah. 
Where would you advise someone to begin if they're listening to this and they're curious or they've been wanting to try? Where does somebody start in exploring this whole idea? Absolutely. So I'll give you two answers. First one is if you feel so inclined, I think a break from alcohol is just a magical thing because it really is experiential. Like these benefits, you know, people seriously feel high when they stop drinking. It can take a little bit for your body to rebalance. So the first week or two might be a little off, but like your sleep rebalances, you know, alcohol, just one glass of wine reduces our REM sleep cycles. We have around five to six every night and just one glass of wine can reduce them down to just one or two. So you could clock in a full eight hours of sleep and not be getting the REM sleep that you need and just be really exhausted and groggy the next day. You know, so all of these incredible things, you'll start to feel the benefits pretty quickly into your journey. The surge of positive emotions as your brain chemicals rebalance, the, you know, energy and the restful sleep. And I think really what ends up happening too is that self-love, self-esteem and self-worth are also repaired and rebuilt. You know, for me, like how you're asking what's the healthiest version of me do or something like that. I think of like future me and present me. And I used to always disappoint future me. You know, future me would wake up after drinking and be like, you really had another drink? Like, didn't you know I would have a headache today? Why did you do that to me? And now every single day I wake up, I feel loved and respected by that past version of me who was looking out for me. It's really repaired the sense of self-love I have, the integrity I have to actually do the things that matter to me. I mean, Jenna, this is super embarrassing, but there were some nights I didn't even brush my teeth when I drank. Mm -hmm. Like who wants to be a 30 something woman who doesn't brush her teeth at night? You know, like it totally erodes your sense of self and self-worth. I think that repairing my self-worth and going after what I really want and, you know, really nixing the things that don't serve me are also so key into just rebuilding that sense of self-esteem. So, you know, I think a break from alcohol in an experiential way will just be incredible for people. And, you know, 30 days is great. 100 days would change your life. My book has an eight-week plan for someone to follow. So that's around, you know, 56, 60 days or so. But you know what? Three days is amazing. Yeah. Like if working out your sober socializing or your sober muscle is something that you haven't practiced yet before, it is like a muscle that needs to be worked out. Just going three days, if that's not within your normal habits, that's amazing. Like you are so much farther ahead than someone who's not even trying. Yeah. And now, you know, you can take a break from alcohol and then really compare apples to oranges. You know, most people don't even get to experience this unless they're pregnant or something, right? Like we just pick up drinking and it's just something that is ingrained in us forever. But if you're not ready for a break, that's okay too. And I think that the the step before that is to literally just lean in. If this episode was interesting for you or it just piqued some thought for you, I think that just means that there's more for you to like learn and to just become aware of, start asking questions around. So I would just recommend to read a book maybe or listen to another podcast episode about alcohol or, you know, maybe start following some alcohol-free influencers or something like that. Like just allow your curiosity to continue. Just allow yourself to learn more. And I will say too, I think it's so interesting when I peel back the covers, like There's so many people that I respect that I really admire that don't drink. Like Tony Robbins doesn't drink, you know, Brené Brown doesn't drink. And I think for so long, like, again, we've been really told this idea that people who don't drink have problems or maybe they're boring or hyper religious or just these negative qualities that we don't want. And I really think it's the opposite. Like 
the movers and shakers of our society don't drink or, you know, it's so small in their life that it's basically irrelevant. Like if you also start to change what you think of drinking versus not drinking in our society, what status you attach to it? Because we for so long attached status to drinking, you know, look at my wine cellar or I know all these Japanese whiskeys, like let's reverse it, you know, like let's attach status to being a non-drinker or to knowing your alcohol-free drinks, or to just focusing on the things that really matter to you in the world instead of a beverage, I think will also change people's consciousness that way. And my biggest hope for this too is like, not necessarily a world that doesn't drink. I mean, that's like, you know, that's a little far gone, but to have options, like in five or 10 years to be able to go to a bar and see that half the people are drinking, the other people half aren't, and everybody is okay to choose whatever they want. I once talked to this 19-year-old and it broke my heart because he was really into personal development and success mindset. And he was super precocious and launching his own podcast, just an amazing young man. And he told me that the one thing that's holding him back is alcohol. And he's not like problem drinking at this point. He's just going out with his friends on the weekend. He's in university. And he told me he doesn't see a way out of it. Like he cannot see a way out of it. He has to drink basically to be part of the tribe in his college. And that made me so sad because like we created that culture. We've propagated this myth over and over and over and over again. We're teaching it to our children that this is how you adult and our kids don't like it. And Generation Z doesn't like it. Like they're drinking less than anyone ever before. And I think that like we're really just having a huge awakening in our consciousness of giving people more permission to decide what works for them instead of what everyone else is doing. So, mm. you know, wherever you want to start, whether it's just having a deeper conversation or a journal reflection for yourself or reading a book, or you're ready to take a break, like you will not be disappointed that you kind of open this Pandora's box in your life. <laughs> mm, I know I'm not disappointed and I love it. And it's so fascinating to me because I don't know if this is forever or just for right now. And I'm super open to that. But it's funny too, because I'm like, I don't miss it. Like I just, I don't miss it. And it doesn't even sound good to me. And my life feels full without it. And so I absolutely loved this conversation. And I'm so grateful you came on the podcast to share. Can you let everyone know where they can find out more about you, learn about you, get their hands on your book? Give me all of the places they can connect. Absolutely. And the book is a really great place to start because it's going to spell out all the incredible benefits you'll get from going alcohol-free or taking a break, body, mind, soul. And then it guides readers with an eight-week plan to really change their relationship with alcohol, change their subconscious desires, and figure out what really makes them happy in the world and how to live into their deeper purpose. So you can find Euphoric. You can type that into the Amazon or euphoricbook.com. And then if you want to learn about any more of my programs, if you'd like more guided support, I also host retreats for women in places like Bali and Puerto Vallarta. You can also go to euphoricaf.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at euphoric.af. Oh, Carolina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And thank you for this conversation. I can't wait to hear what our listeners think. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I absolutely love this conversation and it reminded me of how powerful it is to just plant seeds of curiosity in our life. I remembered that just about a year ago, I did an interview with an amazing woman named Amanda White on this show where we talked about sobriety. We talked about alcohol's impacts on things like even our mental health. 
And when I think back to that, I think that that interview planted a seed in me that got me curious about what it would look like to give up alcohol. And so even if this conversation doesn't lead you to make a change in your life, I hope that it plants a seed of curiosity for you, something that might reap a reward or a harvest later on in your life. I am so grateful that you took the time to listen to today's episode of this podcast. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me. And of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.